All right, it's time to get into the NFC South a little bit here. We've got Aaron Freeman joining me today, Atlanta Falcons football, and the beginning of the Desmond Ritter era in Atlanta. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock. I'm rolling solo today, but not completely solo because Williamson is on vacation, but I've got a very special guest instead, and that is Aaron Freeman. He is the host of Locked on Falcons, having a good time this week, chatting it up with all of the hosts around the network. So much great talent here on the network. I do appreciate everybody making us your first listen every day here on the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to the everydayers. Make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, Head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers, eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Aaron, what's happening, my man? It's been a little bit, a little while since we've chatted it up here. We've done some crossovers when the 49ers and, and Falcons play, me being the host of Locked On 49ers as well. Uh, the, the crossovers are always a lot of fun, but uh, we're not talking 49ers today. We are talking Atlanta Falcons and the NFC South and the beginning of the Desmond Ritter era. And if I'm not mistaken, practice has just ended the first training camp practice for the Falcons this season. So how does the young man look and what do you expect from Desmond Ritter here uh, in his first season as a full-time starter? Well, hopefully the uh, first practice is not auspicious to how the rest of the season will go. Oh, Desmond had a couple of overthrows that led to some picks in in first practice, but as they say, you know, no, no, no risk it, no biscuit sort that of thing. Is. So, uh, we'll we'll just sort of hope that uh, you know that gets reined in over the the course of the next several months. What did you see from him as a rookie, and and what do you expect? What what's the because, uh, you know, there's a college scout report and you see college tape and then a player comes in and kind of looks completely different when he gets into an NFL offense. So what did you see last year? What do you expect? What does he have to improve upon going into year two? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Ritter came in and impressed me from what his play on the field compared to what I thought of him coming out of college. I thought of him more as like a Alex Smith, Daniel Jones type of quarterback. And I feel like he's got the potential. He showed, showed enough flashes in his four starts uh, as well as some flashes in the preseason that made me think, okay, maybe his ceilings maybe a little bit higher than that sort of classic sort of game manager type of quarterback. And, you know, I think this year we'll see if he can sort of build upon that uh, based off of what he did last year. But you, you saw a young player that seemed to understand and operate the offense at a, at a fairly high level and, and seemed to have a better grasp on, on some of the things that the offense was asking him to do than you saw in Marcus Mariota, who, you know, a longtime veteran who had experience in that offense in Tennessee. So that was a positive sign. And we didn't really get an opportunity to see Desmond Ritter, you know, link up with Kyle Pitts uh, last year due to Pitts being out. And so I think that's going to be a big factor. So I think for Ritter, the big question marks are going to be his deep ball, uh, which wasn't great last year. But if the Falcons want to be a more explosive offense than they have been the last couple of years, they're going to have to be able to, to mine that. And that was something that 
Pitts and, and Mariota just were never on the same page at, at any point last year. So hopefully that will be improved and as well as being a little bit more effective and efficient in the red zone uh, for Desmond Ritter. And that's always going to be a challenge for every young quarterback. So many weapons for Desmond Ritter on the offensive side of the ball. And I do like a couple of, um, you know, on paper, a couple of things that are happening with the Atlanta Falcons. I like a young quarterback that played a lot of college football. It's so much easier for those guys. And you see it every time. Um, it's just so much easier when they get on the field if they've been a leader of other young men for a while and have been through seasons and multiple seasons of, of starting play uh, in in college football. And Desmond Ritter elevated his team. I mean, in the tournament, Cincinnati, like, you don't see that. So that, that was really cool. And I was pretty high on Desmond Ritter coming out. I thought it was a steal of a pick. We'll see what he ends up looking like for the Atlanta Falcons there. But uh, no shortage of weapons to throw to. You mentioned Kyle Pitts already. Let's start there. We'll talk about the rookie running back as well as uh, as Drake London. So, so tons of talent. But Kyle Pitts um, ended the season on IR for the Atlanta Falcons last year. There was tons of expectations. I had him on multiple fantasy teams. I had him on our Locked On Dynasty League team. Didn't do a lot for me there. I, I, man, I was counting my championship well before the season started, and uh, and, and I didn't end up sealing the deal but um Kyle Pitts what do you think of him this year how did he look out there at practice was he at practice and do you expect a big comeback year for him yeah I expect a comeback year for Kyle Pitts he he was out of practice he was wearing a knee brace but didn't seem to limit him uh in any shape or form coming back from that MCL tear uh due to him missing a lot of the offseason and so there was some question marks like is he going to be 100 percent heading into training camp and I, I guess his comments were like he's not 100%, but he's he's pretty darn close to that. And so he'll work his way back into shape. And, you know, the big knock on Kyle Pitts is the red zone stuff, right? Like as, as good and as talented a player. And he was a dominant red zone player in college. But the Falcons just have not been able to fully unlock that ability in the pros. And hopefully this is the year where we start to see uh, him get a little bit more involved in the red zone and, and maybe – put some more points on the board for your fantasy teams. Yeah. What it was that with Kyle Pitts, because there's nobody that's looks like he should be a dominant red zone weapon than someone like Kyle Pitts. Was it, is it Arthur Smith? Was it the quarterbacks? What, what did you see there? It was just opportunities and just kind of, you know, didn't jive well in the, in the red zone. Yeah. I think his rookie year, it was a little bit vanilla play calling. They just kind of dot, designed up lob plays for him, which, you know, can be effective, but isn't necessarily the, most creative way to, to get your, your top playmaker, the ball. Uh, and then I think some of it led to just Pitts was not as good at the catch point, his rookie season, as you would assume he was. And then last year we didn't really get to see him grow in that area because he just didn't get enough targets in the red zone. I think some of that is owed to the play calling more leaning on the running game when they get close to the end zone. And, and that was effective getting the ball in. So I think some of that's owed to Marcus Mariota, not necessarily being the most, efficient passer in that regard so there, there were opportunities to get pitch involved the falcons didn't take advantage of those opportunities and hopefully uh they'll be able to reverse course this year you know i i want to talk about some other things with the current falcons squad but you just got me thinking about marcus Mariota. and uh, have you watched the quarterbacks on netflix i did i did i you know there's something because he always seemed like a you know a, a nice guy like but it's like almost too nice is there like a lack of fire is that where he's kind of not is that the reason he never uh, made good on being the number two pick in the NFL draft and became the guy that he is talented enough to be? Because you watch Kirk Cousins and he's doing these like brainwaves, you know, stuff, and he's a grinder, and you know, and and 
I mean, it's hard to compare him to uh, Patrick Mahomes, who's just different in every way, right? But that was almost like, man, okay. And he's like, yeah, I'm having fun. I'm at home. This is what I do with my wife. And, like, and the other guys are just going off with like football, football. It's like, oh, man. So like, maybe there's like a lack of fire or something there. And I, I don't know the young man at all. And I don't want to put anything on him. But the, the, you, it, when you, it was just a stark difference in how he's wired versus those other two quarterbacks in that Netflix show. Yeah, I, I always felt like M- Mariota kind of played based off a of feel rather than just sort of being like super dialed in. He just kind of went out there and like, you know, you know, as a gifted player, gifted athlete, just kind of went out there and just kind of played off a feel rather than sort of doing all the things I think you're sort of hinting at, like the sort of diligence of like, I need to have this very sort of complicated process to get me mentally right for the game. And so that I can have all the answers to the test. And I think Mariota was just like, yeah, I I study for the test, but like, it's not, I'm not cramming. I'm not spending hours upon hours studying for the test when I get into the room, so to speak. You know, I'm just going to feel it. And and I think that's kind of limited him in, in a lot of ways. It's allowed him to make incredible plays throughout his career, but it is also, I think, limited him from sort of taking that next step uh, to be more than just sort of a low level starter and a, and a high level backup. All right. Rookie first round top 10 draft pick B. John Robinson last year's rookie top 10 draft pick Drake London. More about the offense of the Atlanta Falcons. Want to talk defense and the NFC South and Aaron, where you see this team ending in 2023 next today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by our friends at better help online therapy. And everybody's had a time when they felt a little uncertain about where they were going in life or maybe what the right path even is. And once you find the path, how do you get through it? Sometimes in life we're faced with those tough choices and the path isn't always clear. And sometimes you need that check in every week just to make sure you're hitting the points you need to, to get you through that path and where you want to go and come out on the other side, whether you're dealing with decisions around career relationships, really anything else in your life, therapy helps you stay connected to what you really want while you navigate life so you can move forward with confidence and excitement and trusting yourself and building those skills to make those decisions uh, through for yourself. And just like anything, just like football, the more you practice it, the easier it gets. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. All right. Uh, look, uh, the, I don't like – I talked about how I like some of the things that the uh, that the Atlanta Falcons front office was doing, you know, drafting Desmond Ritter. I thought it was a nice pick where they got him in the third round, steal the selection with who he was athletically and, you know, what he did in college and, and being a guy who's played a lot of football. And then I love developing a young quarterback with a ton of talent around him and Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And, you know, Kyle Pitts got there first. Uh, and now B. John Robinson. But I just I can never get behind that top 10 running back pick when you had a fifth round running back that's rushing for a thousand yards last year. So uh, talk to me about B. John Robinson. What do you think about the pick, the player? And um, is he like just immediately roll in as a one dot one in fantasy leagues? Is that the kind of player that we're going to see on the field for the Atlanta Falcons? I don't know if we're going to see that. Like, I think we're going to see an impact playmaker. I think, you know, fantasy owners will be happy with Bijan's production. I think fantasy owners might not be happy with him 
not getting as many touches as they would like him to get. Getting vultured at the goal line. Speaking of goal line. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Cordero Patterson is like an elite uh, goal line running back, and so he'll probably vulture a couple of touchdowns. I think they'll have Tyler Algier, that fifth-round pick that you alluded to, heavily involved in the offense this year. So it'll be kind of like a -a two-and-a-half-headed backfield with Bijan, Algier, and the half of a head being Cordero Patterson, although I think we'll see quite a bit of Patterson, the receiver this year, more so than Patterson, the runner. So I, when it comes to the the draft selection, you know, I joked on Lockdown Falcons, we don't understand the, the phrase positional value. We, we cannot divine, uh, define that that phrase on the podcast. And I understand the, the criticism. It's it's going to certainly be a question, you know, in a couple of years when it comes time to pay Bijan Robinson, as we've seen the last week or so with some of the other running backs. And so I feel like that's a conversation for say 2027 as opposed to yeah. 2023, but <laughs> What's that projected franchise tag number in, in 2027. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I haven't looked it up quite yet, but I, basically, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. But I think for the Falcons, this picking high in this year's draft, this draft class did not really suit well to passing on a player of Bijan's talent, right? Like it was basically, the choice, it, I think, for the Falcons kind of came down to Jalen Carter or Bijan Robinson. In, a, in the, I will not criticize anybody who thinks that the Falcons should have pulled the trigger on Jalen Carter. I probably would have pulled the trigger on Jalen Carter if I was in that room. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think the Falcons felt better about Bijan the person than they felt better about Jalen Carter the person. And so ultimately, I think that was kind of the tiebreaker. Let's go with the player that we know can be an impact player, a productive player in this offense. Um, versus a player that we may not necessarily have 100% confident that when you know he leaves the facility that he's going to do all the right things that he wants to do. Uh, but I think Jalen Carter went to a situation in Philadelphia where that is set up for him to succeed uh, more than other places. So you know we may be in having that conversation in 2027, being like, oh yeah, we probably should have taken that guy instead. But you know I think Bijan is is poised to do a lot of great things here in Atlanta. Uh, the main thing with him this season is you're going to see a lot of him as uh, a receiver out of the backfield more so than you saw at Texas. You saw glimpses of that sort of pass catching ability that had so many people saying that this is a special uh, player and, and special running back prospect. And I think the Falcons will do their best to kind of take fully advantage of that uh, in the same ways that they did a couple of years ago when, when Cordero Patterson had that breakout year, both as a runner and a receiver uh, and kind of looked like a poor man's Christian McCaffrey. And I think the Falcons are hoping that, you know, Bijan, you know, can give C-Mac a, a run for his money as one of the most productive running backs in the NFL in the years to come. It's funny. I said on this very podcast when we were trying to, you know, mock the draft and, and figure out where players were going to go. I knew Bijan was going to go high because he was just too highly graded of a player. And at some point there was going to be a team at the near top of the draft that was going to look at the draft board and say, well, the best player is Bijan. So are we going to pass on the best player for a more positional value somewhere else? And it turns out it was kind of the Falcons was was that spot where it was like we just can't really we can't we can't justify picking another player here because of the grade we gave Bijan. And so it's almost like you have to put them in a different category, like kickers. If you want to if you want to really separate your draft board, you just can't line up running backs because the, the talented running backs are going to be there high. And you're gonna, if you're going to take the top guy on your board, you're going to draft running backs too high in a lot of cases, especially someone as talented as Bijan. It's not about talent at all um, as, it, as it comes to running backs. But OK. They didn't draft Jalen Carter. So we could draw a picture of, you know, what that offense is going to look like and how things could go well. And, you know, it's it's a sliding scale. It's the Desmond Ritter. And we've t- I've talked about this with a, a lot of the hosts. And, and when you have an unknown at quarterback, 
however good that quarterback plays makes a huge difference in how good that team is going to be. Now, does Desmond Ritter have to outscore people? What do we see on the defensive side of the ball? They didn't draft defense in round one. They came back with an offensive lineman, didn't draft defense in round two. Again, I like it. Incubate your young quarterback, help him out. But they got to stop people from scoring as well. So what do you see on the other side of the football for the Falcons this year? Yeah, I think the common assumption a lot of people have when they look at the Falcons was, you know, they have some offensive issues in last year with Marcus Mariota. But the offense, for the most part, was fine last year, even with Mariota. And the expectation is that they'll at least at the very least be fine again with Desmond Ritter. So it's not as probably a bigger question in Atlanta given the quarterback situation in the offense, as I think it is outside of Atlanta. And for the Falcons internally, it was like the real big issue that we had last year was that we did not have a defense that could really stop anybody. And they went out and invested a lot of resources in free agency uh, to, to upgrade that unit. Maybe not as many resources in the draft that I think some people think they should have, but because they were finally out of cap hell and, and able to spend some money to, to upgrade that defense. I think they did an adequate job, you know, building up that front with, pickups like David Onyemata and Calais Campbell. They got Bud Dupree in the secondary. They they uh, traded for Jeff Okuda, a, a talented young corner. They signed Jesse Bates. Uh, they picked up Caden Ellis from the Saints, a very productive pass rusher last year and limited opportunities there. So I think there's a lot of optimism that this Falcons defense for the first time in a very long time will be at least competent so that if their offense can be decent you know they should be in a lot of games in the fourth quarter being able to get stops give their offense back the ball and, and hopefully their young quarterback can move the ball down the field uh with some of those weapons to to get those points and win some of these close games and i think that's going to be the falcons formula for success all right so it's prediction time i mean you've, there's been one practice so far but uh with everything we've seen through the offseason what are your expectations what's realistic what, what has to go right for this Falcons team to, to maximize where they are in this division? It's a winnable division. Can they go win this thing in 2023? I, I think the Falcons can and will win the division. Sort of my prediction right now is like nine and eight, which in most divisions is not going to win you the division. But got it done in the NFC year. South, you know, that that is a money record right there for you in the NFC South. So I'm expecting the Falcons – to take care of business they have one of the softer schedules at least statistically and mathematically heading into the season uh so you know i don't think they have too many obstacles in their way to take control of this division they had control of this division midway through last season in part due to the bucks i think underachieving a little bit uh and so my expectation is that you know with the bucks uh probably also not going to be living up to expectations this year. You know, this is their division to, for the taking, and I'm not particularly worried about the New Orleans Saints, who I think are the betting favorite to win the division. I don't expect the Saints to be as sort of good as they have been in previous years, but that just may be my anti-Saints bias. Well, I'll have you know, Ross Jackson on this very podcast predicted the Saints to win the division as well, so we'll see. We'll see how that uh, how that goes. I'm sure those crossovers there in the NFC South are a lot of fun. Uh, I always like to ask this the last one here for you, Aaron, uh, about the Atlanta Falcons. Is there a secret superstar, someone tuning into a Falcons game that they should look for that maybe nobody talks about? You know, whether it's a you know a rough and tumble lineman or just a, a playmaking guy that's not a superstar, or special team, or is there or maybe a breakout player? Is there a sort of a secret superstar that someone should look out for on Sundays in Atlanta? 
I think Caden Ellis is, is probably the guy that I would circle, the linebacker that they picked up from the Saints, just because I think he's going to be one of the better pass rushing linebackers in the NFL coming from that Saints system. You've seen that kind of with Demario Davis over the years in that system. And I think Caden Ellis has the sort of opportunity to kind of be that guy for the Atlanta Falcons and, and really uh, do a number and in, in enhancing that pass rush this year. That is Aaron Freeman. You can find him daily hosting Locked On Falcons at Falcfans on all of the socials. Aaron, it's always a pleasure chatting with you, man. Appreciate you jumping on today in place of uh, the great Matt Williamson. Appreciate it. All right, next we are going to – I'm going to give my predictions here for the NFC South, and we're not going to have Aaron around for me when I give that prediction uh, and look a little bit more about this division and the Atlanta Falcons next. Thank you once again for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you are subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, make sure you hit that notification bell, the thumbs up on YouTube as well. You want to know when we are going live, when there's a new episode up for you, uh, as we do every day here on Peacock and Williamson. All right, so Atlanta Falcons. Uh, and, and I always love the picture that the hosts paint for their teams. And usually there's a lot of optimism. And look, all 32 teams, all 32 fan bases have a ton of op- optimism at this time of year as they should. And, and I'm kind of optimistic about the Falcons as well. I mean, when you look at this offense and I like Desmond Ritter, we talked to David Harrison yesterday of locked on commanders. I expect more from Desmond Ritter in this offense than I even do from Sam Howell, you know, both rookies last year, one's a third rounder, one's a fifth rounder. They're mid round guys. Um, You could make the argument for either team, either squad, a lot of playmakers. The, The reason I like the Falcons more is because of, how level-headed Desmond Ritter was coming out, how much he played, how he elevated his team in college. And then you look at the team around him, and we've already talked about a lot of the the stars, and and there's Kyle Pitts in the passing game, and your best friend when you're a young quarterback is that tight end over the middle of the shortened intermediate area of the field that Arthur Smith is going to dial up plays for. Then you've got just stud talent at running back, Bijan Robinson, a top 10 pick. You've got Tyler Algier, who proved to be – uh, a heck of a fine form in the fifth round last year. And then Cordell Patterson can do a little bit of everything. You're wide back maybe even in this Atlanta Falcons offense now and have a lot of fun there in the slot, in the backfield, put him a little, put him anywhere. Uh, you know, Drake London year two, big things expected there. So tons of talent, pass catching talent. There's more guys we could talk about there, but how about the offensive line? Second round pick, Matthew Bergeron plugs right in at left guard. The only hole they were trying to fill. You've got Jake Matthews, the stalwart at left tackle. They re-upped Caleb McGarry at right tackle in the offseason. Ex-first rounder, one of the best guards in the league, Chris Lindstrom at right guard. you got Drew Dahlman, I think has pretty much won that competition at center over the course of his couple of years in the NFL over guys like Matt Hennessy. So that's a strong offensive line. It's the it, it's it's going to be one of the best offensive lines potentially in the league. So give your young quarterback time. They're going to run the heck out of the football and they're going to be good at it. And there's pass catchers too. So I love what they have on offense. And if that offense can't click, you either got it really wrong at quarterback again, then you got to start talking about GMs and head coaches, you know, at that point and, and have a new group come in and, and, and draft and groom another quarterback. If Desmond Desmond Ritter turns out to not be that guy, and he doesn't have to come out on fire and just be a superstar from day one, but you've got to, he's got to look like he's going to be a dude right for him this year. But where's the pass rush going to come from? That That's what's going to hold this team back. A.J. Terrell, Richie Grant, they signed Jesse Bates, the best safety 
on the market, right? Uh, Jeff Okuda, I think, could be a you know better fit potentially here than he was in Detroit. They got Mike Hughes in the slot. They've got some talent on the backside of their defense. But that front seven, they've got to be able to get after the quarterback. Clayus Campbell's like 40 years old now, and he's a really good player, and they should be able to stop the run. Grady Jarrett's not far behind Clayus Campbell uh, in his age now. Uh, Bud Dupree, same story. Like These guys have been around for a long time. So they've got veterans, but do they have dynamism at pass rusher on the defensive side of the ball? So can they get the other teams off the field would be what I would question with this Falcon team and, and it could come back to haunt them. And so I look at players like rookie third rounder, Zach Harrison, and I look at um, Arnold Ebiketti, the second rounder from the year before. Somebody's got to step up and pr- provide some serious juice off the edge. And if they're having to bring like the, they, like he mentioned, Caden Ellis from the second level and bring, um, you know, a bunch of extra help and linebackers blitzing. That's going to leave some holes in the, in the uh, secondary, if they don't get home for opposing quarterbacks, to carve up now uh it does only take nine wins probably to win that division so can the falcons get there uh, you can easily paint that picture i think that the falcons could i don't know if i'm at the point where i'm going to predict the falcons to win the division there um I, I just think with the um the tampa bay buccaneers have more talent just because they lost tom brady doesn't mean they're totally done like they got a lot of talent on that football team still it's got to go right at quarterback and i would probably take desmond ritter and i would probably take Derek carr over what's going on at quarterback for the tampa bay buccaneers right now so that could be a mess but they should still be even without tom brady not much off from their what was the eight win total that they had last season the new orleans Saints should be better just because they got some capable quarterback play in Derek Carr there. And they've got a lot of talent still on that football team. Although that talent's starting to dwindle in new Orleans, something not enough people are talking about, you know, it's like, okay, Derek Carr fix it. And they've got all the rest of the same players. Eh, there's not much talent as much talent in uh, new Orleans as there used to be there. Uh, and then the Panthers are just, you know, in a rebuild mode on offense. You can't expect a rookie quarterback to do much. So I've got to predict the Falcons are fourth in that division, Tampa third. And I think it will come down to the Atlanta Falcons and the new Orleans saints. And, uh, I think it's going to be a fun division to follow because of the up and coming quarterbacks. I'm going to be watching so much uh, Falcons football to see what Desmond Ritter looks like. I'm going to be watching so much of the Carolina Panthers to see what the number one pick in the draft looks like. Um, you know, the Panthers are ready to compete on defense. So I guess we shouldn't count them out if it only takes a you know, a one game above 500 football team to win that division. Could the Carolina Panthers with a rookie quarterback show a little something? And uh, their defense is, is ready. They're, they have a playoff caliber defense, I think, in, in Carolina. So, I don't know. They're incomplete football teams all around there in the South. And if all it takes is nine games, you could argue the Falcons should be able to do that. You can argue the Saints should be able to do that. And you could argue that maybe even the Panthers could have a great season and the Buccaneers should be able to do that as well. So, um, they're gonna, are they going to get beat up on by the other divisions is the question. Um, if they split inside the division or the team that goes and, and wins out, you know, that division is going to be decided probably within it, right? Uh, if if it only takes nine wins, you can get six of those inside the division. So beat your division opponents, right? And the, none of the splitting home and away either. Beat them in your house, beat them in their house. And, and that's how you're going to win the NFC South. Uh, I would love to see the Falcons do that and take that next step. Where's the pass rush going to come from is my number one question there. And I mean, Arthur Smith, is he the right guy? I don't know. I think that's a warm seat. I think that's an already warm seat to start. And uh, I wish I had more time with Aaron. I would ask him about what he thought of Arthur Smith and how much time he has. But if this looks like it's not quite going in that direction, 
And I, I think Arthur Brink probably should expect his team to go win the division this year in a winnable division. You put resources in to this football team, right? Go win, Arthur. I hired you to go win me a division title. If you can't win it this year, when are you going to win it? You got yourself a quarterback. He's your own guy. So uh, that, that I, I think the seat is warm. And if this is a disaster season for the Falcons, new GM, new head coach. And if they got it right at quarterback and they developed them and it's heading in that direction, then, then it's gravy. Then, then you're in a great spot because now you can just put resources into that pass rush on defense. Then you come back next year. You got year three. Desmond Ritter, he's a hit for you. Tons of talent. Great offensive line. You're running the ball. You're throwing the ball. You got playmakers. You got guys that can cover. And then you get after. When you get that lead, you go pin years back and you go get after the opposing team's quarterback. That's the hope for the Atlanta Falcons going forward. And uh, again, like a lot of teams, all eyes on the quarterback. Young Desmond Ritter. The Desmond Ritter era is here for the Atlanta Falcons, and it should be a lot of fun. Uh, thank you once again to Aaron Freeman for joining me today. Matt Williamson back from vacation soon. I had a lot of fun talking with other hosts on the network, and we're going to bring on those hosts uh, with Williamson as well when he is back from vacation. He'll be at Steelers training camp too, so it might change up the timing of our podcast and when those are released. So make sure you are subscribed up. Hit the notification on YouTube so you know when we have a new show available. And, of course, you can find us on all of your audio podcast apps. Back tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.